0: Welcome to the Open Pentry Podcast for yet another episode. Incredible to have you listening during this tough time for the industry, as I've been saying the last couple of episodes. It's fantastic to reconnect with a really inspirational leader in the hospitality space at the moment, uh, a lovely lady that I've known for about a year or so uh, when we first connected at the start of 20, 2019. So it's great to come back and have a chat with the CEO of Mr. Yum. Kim Teo. Hey Kim, how are you?
1: I'm really well, thank you. You That's said my last name perfectly, which no one
0: ever does. So <laughs> thanks so
1: much. I what was do... like, how's he gonna pull this one up? And then you just fucking nailed it. What do,
0: what do most people say? too?
1: I don't know. I think they just um because it's quite a short word, yes. they they don't think that they're not going to know how to say it and then they like read it and start to say it but it's not really a word they've said before. Right. So it just like comes out in all these like It's a mumble or yeah, they just kind of like try to breathe past. That's
0: it, right, that's right. Yeah. I mean, I don't take
1: I don't take any offense at all. But okay, um, but you really nailed that. So i wanted to highlight that. Okay, cool.
0: <laughs> it must be my years of saying people's names now, so it's good. <laughs> um, look, as I said, it's um, fantastic to have you have you back and have a chat with you um, today. So I appreciate your time because I know how busy, um, especially you guys are um, at the moment with how you're helping the hospitality industry. Um, when we when we connected at the start of 2019 which feels like an eternity ago now um you had you and your team had just started Mr. Yum and I was um, really impressed with with what you're doing in the space from a real positive energy do you want to just explain to the people who don't know what Mr. Yum's about what it is about and why you started that uh, that business
1: yeah sure so, um i yeah i remember when we connected, I was super new to the industry. Like, I can't even believe you just said I was, like, a leader in this industry. (laughs) When I reached out to you, I was like, hey, I don't know anything about this industry. Can you help me Mm -hmm. um, see if there's an opportunity here very, very, very very early on in the piece, and Mm -hmm. you were nice enough to come and have a (laughs) super random conversation with with someone that had a bunch of ideas. Mm. Uh, We started mr yum actually has a very um simple idea which was more consumer-led than anything else really mm. around um you know the the dining experience being quite um outdated and especially menus that hadn't changed in hundreds of years that were text-based and people were supplementing that with images and you mm-hmm. know, ingredients and, and all that sort of stuff and we i didn't know anything about the uh problems that we're having that mm-hmm. were that were already kind of occurring in the industry. And actually I remember um a guy called Leon who's the GM of Proud Mary, he mm-hmm. sat us down and he was like it's a, a it's a freaking apocalypse in the <laughs> hospitality industry. Like let let me let me school you on mm, what what's on. actually happening. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. and he had run restaurants and cafes for twelve years at that point um mm. as an owner as um, and now the JM of Proud Mary. Um, and he and he, he, really was trying to like nail into us that what we were creating had an opportunity to solve some of the biggest problems around um, efficiency, transformation, mm-hmm. the lack of technology. Um, every other industry had moved like so fast into technology and like hospitality hadn't really caught up to that. Yeah. Um, and the economics of the cost of goods and the cost of wages and the prices that people were expecting to pay, just like literally just didn't make sense anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. Like the, the margins were completely eroded. Mm-hmm. And if nothing was done that there wouldn't be much of an industry left. Um, and this was a year ago. And I think like looking back on that, that's actually quite scary as to how it has played out and maybe not in exactly the the, exactly the prediction around a, um, you know, a health, a health scare, but mm-hmm. um, I think it's, been more it's brought it's brought to life what was already a pretty big problem. Yeah. Back then. Mm-hmm. Um and then I guess as a team we started to fall in we've always like ate out a lot. We've always been consumers of the of the of the industry, but we hadn't really um we didn't even like I didn't even know a single person who ran like a cafe or a restaurant. You know, like we were so,
0: <laughs> so we
1: green. We were like <laughs> so green. Like but naivety is i think kind of a blessing Mm, because mm. some of the things that we were saying that we'd seen in other industries and we all like we've all been in startups for a while and we've seen other industries get disrupted and what an incumbent what an innovator coming in and like taking over an incumbent looks like and i think we came into it from like, a, well, this worked in another industry, like could that work in hospitality? And, um, you know, this level of efficiency happen in the another, like in, you know, professional services, like could that happen in like, in hospitality? Like just all sorts of weird and mm. wonderful things. And then people like yourself um, helped us go, no, you can't do that. Yes, you can do that. Actually, could you do that? Like maybe you could do that. So <laughs> I think it's like with the help of the industry, did we end up for A, like falling in love with the problem, uh, but B, Feeling like we could actually um, do a do a have a part and you know do something about it, mm. um, and it's been like a a wild a wild wild year. ride. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Can you can you remember the moment that you guys actually came up with the concept or the creation around Mister Yum and having a <laughs> digital a digital menu?
1: Yeah, I I do remember. We were at a. A Thai restaurant in on Smith Street in Collingwood, yeah. um, and I was like, man, I just, I just like nothing on this page. Like by the time I've read this tenth thing, tenth thing, I've like forgotten the first. <laughs> like I'm just like scanning this page up and down, and I, um, and feeling pretty uninspired. And uh, I have an Instagram account with like no photos and no followers. And I would, the only the only time I would go on Instagram is to look for like visual inspiration of what to eat at that place
0: right um, okay
1: but actually but then what happened was i i, I told adrian who was with me and my partner and business partner and he was with me at the time i was like why can't, like why don't we why doesn't anyone why why doesn't there exist like a, a visual version of menus mm. um and and actually for about and then i told a bunch of other people in the team um we were lucky. We already had like a startup uh, incubator that we were running. So we already had a team of about 10 people at that <laughs> time. Um, and no, like no one at all liked the idea. Like not a single person thought it was a good idea. Why? Um, Why is that? I think they just thought, and rightly so, like no consumer is going to pay for that.
0: Yeah, um, right.
1: And no, and no restaurant is going to pay for that. So like mm. how are you going to make a business out of that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and every, and and, and and they were like, kind of right like it's not really a necessity product it's like Mm. a luxury product and um it didn't have much foothold around like what problem are you solving it's like it's such a first world problem like does it even matter you know Mm -hmm. more like do you want to spend the next five years of your life creating visual menus kim like maybe (laughs) not you know um and i was like all right maybe not maybe that's a shit idea put on the shelf (laughs) um and then and then like but every time I went out to dinner, like, it it comes back because mm. you're facing the exact same problems yeah. at the exact same menu and pulling out Instagram again. <laughs> and, like, Google Images are so shit. The photos in Zomato, like, even they are not no. pumped about those photos. No. Like, even yeah. the Zomato guys ha- ha- haven't found a way to, like, um, use AI to put the best photos at the top, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so the quality of the photos are almost, like, not representative of the um the the dishes or like the pride that's gone into making these dishes <laughs> um and and one day kerry my co-founder so adrian kerry and i mm. kerry kerry was like hey i've been like every time i go to dinner i think about that menu idea and what like do you reckon we could just try it like what would it take for us to just try it and i was like yes someone likes the <laughs> idea. this is like This is like eight months after the first, after I first, after it was like first conceptualized. Mm -hmm. Um, And if it were for her, it wouldn't have happened, right? Because it takes the second, the first person isn't the leader, like the second person is the leader. And
0: Adrian was your partner. So it wasn't, it wasn't as if, you know, something. you needed someone from outside to actually come in and say, it's a really good idea.
1: Yeah. And um, yeah. And, and I, and then and then we just decided we would try something because it didn't cost us much. We really had a team in place. We, mm-hmm. um, and then we actually started recording uh, the first. We started doing every Friday as what we called Venture Day, which means we worked on our projects. Like,
2: <laughs> Such like a cool our, idea. Our
1: side, our side project. Yeah, like right. These are just experiments. Um, And we actually filmed the first four weeks of Venture Day and turned them into a documentary. Um, And we filmed it because like, I guess it was something for our startup founders who were going through our incubator to kind of look at and realize that like early stage is all kind of, you know, like we're just trying to um, put to camera what we we were doing in Mm. the early stages, bring it to life. So it's like a bit for the incubator as much as it is for us to like document our journey um and then it and then it started going like the first we said let's get three pilot venues um if we can get a fail metric was five percent of people using it if we can get more than five percent of people using it we would keep going okay in the first week we got 16 percent of people who sat down and had a meal at that restaurant and used the visual menu um and then actually four weeks into documentary, we had to turn it off because we were, like, holding things back and not wanting to share, like, ideas because it was starting to become, a thing. like, commercial.
0: Mm. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so we were like, okay, this is a really shit doc because we can't say anything real anymore. Yeah, um, right. And so we stopped the documentary, but it's still an awesome memory of the first four weeks of Mr. Yum. <laughs> yeah,
0: wow. Did what, was, <gasps> what were the first couple of venues that actually – like actually said yes to you. I
1: I, I will never forget them. Mm-hmm. Like, um, the first one is called Lemon, Middle, and Orange. Um, and he is his name's Pierre, and he's the closest cafe to Mister Diane's office.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Makes sense. So I kind of I kind of like bullied him a little <laughs> bit, and I was like, "Come on, mate! Like, it's free. Like, what are you gonna do? Like, it's, like it's not you're not gonna. No one's gonna hate on the fact that you have a." digital menu if it doesn't work you can take it off you know he wasn't exactly like mega keen right um and then the second was cromwell street mm-hmm. um so they are like a bigger group street are quite a big um organization and very like an awesome in the ngo space mm-hmm. um and their cromwell venue was like the place i went to on sundays
0: <laughs> okay
1: so, and then the, the third one was three bags full
0: yeah right an awesome cafe. And three, mm.
1: yeah, and Jamie at Three Bags Full, and we got them because one of our team members used to have coffee there every morning. Her name's Haley,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and he was like right on. He was actually like probably the one, the person that gave us a lot of confidence in the early days because they were such a hypey, you know, long-standing um, brand in in the cafe mm-hmm. industry. And he was like, "This is great," and he's been the biggest fan ever since and now LMO is closed but Cromwell and Three Bags Full are both doing takeaway
2: mm-hmm.
1: on Mr. Yum um, so yeah we it, you'll never forget your first few customers no right? like, most
0: definitely yeah um, it's always important
1: and then and then actually like really early mm-hmm. probably about 4 weeks into Mr. Yum we went and saw the Australian venue Co. well wow. um, and they were like our biggest advocates from i don't know like months two or three Mm -hmm. this like shitty little startup that didn't even have developers to build something they wanted Mm -hmm. um but they were like what is it going to take to build this thing and we were like you know we have to build a team and hire the right people um and they were like we're in Mm. how crazy is that wow so they um they really did help us create our ordering product um and if it weren't for them i think it would have taken us a lot longer mm. because um, just their scale meant that we built a product for like lots of different scenarios. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Super cool.
0: So, yeah. did, did customers take a while and even even venue owners take a while to get their head around that it was a QR code and not an app? Which, because an, app, an <laughs> app is so normal in this kind of oh application, right? Yeah, so it's cool. Yeah, actually, QR codes.
1: You know, that was a hard thing to, uh, that was probably one of our biggest challenges in mm. the early days. Yeah, right. Um, people would think, aren't QR codes like dead? Like, didn't they like come and go? That was like, mm. you know, the the reaction we would get yeah, right. all the time. Mm. Um, but we, the reason we used it is we had a lot of, we have, we had a lot of data points from our startup background around the, the decline of app downloads. Mm. And I know a lot of founders that have apps and like fuck, it's hard to get someone to download an app, yeah. yet alone like use it for the second and third and fourth time.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um,
1: and like contrary to that,
2: mm-hmm.
1: how easy is it to get someone to open up a website? Yes. Like you click on you click on a Facebook link away you go, you're on a website. Like no one ever thinks about clicking on a link. Mm. They just do it. They just, there's zero friction. They just do it without even consideration. Mm-hmm. So We always knew that we had to be web to get any level of uptake, Mm -hmm. Um, and we saw QR codes as a, um, I guess like a, like we bet on the future a little bit of QR codes. Sure. Um, And we certainly did a lot of education. There's actually a, there's actually a documentary. I think it's week three of Mr. Yum, Mm -hmm. um, and we printed out the instructions that we were planning on putting next to the QR code on a piece of paper. Right. And two people in our team went on the streets and asked people like, hey, if you saw this on a menu, what would you think?
0: Yeah, right.
1: And um they were like, oh well I don't have a Q like I don't have a QR code app, so I can't use that thing. Uh, And we were like, fuck, that's so interesting. Yeah. Every single person said exactly the same thing. Yes. And based based on those probably 10 conversations that they had we learned that we had to use the words, like, not an app.
0: Right, so on okay. Every... So, you could just use a so, camera, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. So on every single menu, very, very, like, pretty much the first menu. from every, On every single menu, it says, um, see photos of your dish, um, like, scan this QR code with your phone or visit this URL, um, and then not an app in, like, bold and underlined and an exclamation mark because that was... It just was a thing that people like hesitated. Yeah, um, right. But it's but it's changing. Like since then, you know, most of our competitors have brought out QR codes. Um, people once people once people see them and use them for the first time, mm. their like fear around using them has completely dissipated. Sure. Um, just that first and so I think yeah, mm. and I think we it was hard at the start. We probably bet on the future a little bit, mm-hmm. um, but we never tried to explain. We just showed it to people, right? Like, we never tried to explain it to people. We would just um, demonstrate it and they'd be like, oh, my God, I did not know you could do that. Mm.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Like, just
1: randomly, like, hold your phone over a QR code and pops up a URL. Like, they're like, I did not know that. I did not. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, and so I think we learned how to, like, educate customers, which every company, like, every every brand has to do that.
0: Mm. Like,
1: every single brand has to learn how to educate customers about your Mission, your product, your features, your benefits, how to access it—you know. So that was just one of our early challenges. But I think in three years' time, they would just be like we won't even talk about it.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. You won't need to put um, not an app on there anymore.
1: Um. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like not an app. guys, it's not an app.
0: <laughs> well, it's so cool because QR codes is how I'd pay for my laundry at the laundromat, right? So uh, there's right. there's all these lawn, there's all these um washing machines and dryers and there's QR codes on every single one. And I just put my put my camera over a QR code and it goes into a payment cycle and I'm able to pay. And then and then it it's loads the and then it, and then it loads the washing machine or dryer and bang, there you go.
1: Yeah. Super good. And it's so cheap. Like mm. the cost of a QR code is basically nothing. Yeah,
0: right. There
1: you go. So like in terms of um physical to digital access. Mm-hmm. Like, there is nothing more powerful. Um, and also, like, you can put it on a building and you can scan it from, like, a far distance. Like, this thing um, is an amazing piece of technology. Like the, found, like, the creator of it, I'm like, how did you even think of this? <laughs> <laughs> it's a rat, rat, bunch of random dots that have some digital encoding. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: it's amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. so, I mean, I know you guys, when, when we talked about it, in the initial stages you guys were launching and just, you know, um, going to venues and taking amazing photography to to put as part of Mr. Yum's platform. And I sort of said to you, hey, are you going to make money off this, Kim. And, and <laughs> I think we talked about, you know, what the next stage could be around, you know, payment to table and all that kind of stuff because I was seeing that um, with a couple of point of sale companies. But how did you, so how did you get to the next stage where were able to keep, keep this thing rolling and keep this thing cool
1: yeah the transition to payment became like it actually happened much faster than we thought Mm. um initially our plans were let's roll out these digital menus for six to twelve months Mm. and then we'll then we'll then we'll think about the payment side Mm -hmm. um but abc like they pushed us hard on payments they only Really wanted to use the product with payment, mm-hmm. um, and they and you know when you when you when you put two and two together, it's not really like that hard, mm-hmm. right? Like it's an e-commerce platform, mm-hmm. um, and as long as you keep the user experience um, as similar to Uber Eats or as similar to uh, shopping online as possible, people just get it. It's not really um, hard to explain like no one needs to explain how to use a Mr Young payment mm-hmm. or menu and, and yeah. check out yeah. Um, but the, the biggest challenges were probably around um, like with any, with any new idea there's always fear mm-hmm. um, and the fear is like how are we going to Um, how are we going to make sure that people know that this is like a way that can do it, but also like, we don't want to lose hospitality. That was like our biggest roadblock Mm. around, um, but hospitality is meant to be hospitable. So how do you keep those two things? um, And how do you have both? Mm. Like, how do you have, how do you have an option for people that want to order in their phone? And how do you also have the option for people to, not order on their phone if they don't want mm. to and for the people that are ordering their phone like how do you keep that hospital mm.
2: um
1: and i think we i think probably in terms of keeping it cool and solving those problems like um we probably put a bit of it on the businesses to be honest yeah, right. like we yeah just because well like they're the experts. yeah
0: exactly and and, and it's their operation like, so they've yeah. to decide how they and want to use that piece of technology.
1: That's mm. right. That's mm. right. Um, and we were like, we stuck to rolling out with ABC for about three months. Um, we did 50 venues in three months. Wow. Um, and we learned a mm. lot. And, but because we were only rolling out with ABC for three months, like we were still rolling out the digital menu everywhere in Australia and Southeast Asia and in Ireland and all these weird <laughs> places. Um, but the ordering product, we kept really, really tight. And we we did it just with ABC for three mm-hmm. months. Um, and they are just like the most forward-thinking hospitality organization around like trying new shit and just like breaking things. Who cares? Like we'll just try the next thing. Like they're just, they're, they're, their experimental nature was very fitting. Mm. Um, so we tried a lot of stuff. And I think it really, they helped us figure out a lot of the gold around it's working really well in this venue. Why is it working well at that venue? It's not working as well in this venue. Like why do we think so we ended up figuring out the magic behind it and make coming up with a a product that people actually started coming to the place like coming to the pubs for. Like people like their pubs ended up becoming places that people would go to time and time again because they had this table ordering yeah. solution. Um, and it took about, you know, five months for us to like roll them all out see the result, mm-hmm. iterate, go back, iterate, go back, iterate, go back, like project manage the shit out of it until we figured out the mm-hmm. magic. Um, but I think without like a really, really forward thinking customer, it's super hard. So
0: Yeah, um, I totally agree. Because so I remember cool. going to this, I remember, um, so my parents lived in South Australia and they came over um, um, at the start, of the start of this year and we went to, a, um, went to a pub in North Melbourne and I can't remember the pub name now. But anyway, we went to a pub in North Melbourne and um, Mr. Yum's there and I said to my dad, like, um, Dad, we can order at the table. Like, you don't have to get up, you know. I'll show <laughs> you. And he's like, he couldn't understand it. I'm like, like he's not like he's 90, like he's in his, you know, his 70s, right? Early 70s. Um, and, and he just couldn't understand it, but he couldn't get his head around it. And he's like, oh, okay. Well, yeah, I'll order at the table, but then, but then, how do I pay? I said, well, if you've got Apple Pay, or, you know, if you've got Apple Pay or something on your phone, you can pay by that way. And that way done. He's like, oh no. And that was, and then he wouldn't let me do it and pay. So it was kind of this interesting scenario. But he, he was, he got around to it at the end. Like he really wanted to be part of it because it was such a difference to what has happened before. But I, I can imagine for you know what we said before, like the first time people try it, just to get over that little hump, I think they would really, you know, start to love it. And it allows hospitality venues to to actually deliver on other parts of um, being hospitable, as you said, and other parts of customer service, which um, sometimes are lacking in new venues for many different reasons.
1: Especially when they're crunched on yeah, people. Yeah. Like, especially when you've got um, labour ratios that you're watching up mm-hmm. for, right? Like every restaurants trying to keep their labor at a certain percentage of revenue. Mm -hmm. So they roster on the staff that they can afford and people just make do. And sometimes that feels like you're not getting to every single customer that actually wants your attention at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, So being able to give them an option where they can self-serve. Like we, you know, the, the funniest thing is it's happened in every other industry. Like, what about the day that they took, like, they took all the airline check-ins? Oh, yeah, yeah.
2: Um,
1: people away? So they went, all right, cool. Yesterday we had check-in staff. Today we have mm-hmm. machines. Um, there is 20 machines and one service desk where if you've got any problems, you can still talk to a mm. human. And now all of the people that were uh, booking you in, they're, like, on the floor assisting right so they made sure that there was enough people on mm-hmm. the floor to answer any questions that were trained up on the new system that could help so it's not like oh you just put the machines in and you disappear it's like you st- there's like a bit of a transition mm-hmm. but now when you see like a place without a machine like a check-in counter like a like a like a check-in station you're like what the hell i have to stand in that line
0: yeah it's you know oh, like, silly, like isn't it
1: like yeah. It's just like it's in in six months. It went from, oh, this is like a new random thing that we've never done before. And like, consider ordering on your phone, like ordering a beer on your phone, versus having to like put a bag tag on that you've never yes. done before. You're like, get a bag tag, then you have to follow, like, do this thing that you've seen someone else do a hundred times before, but you've never done right. it yourself. Um, and 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 then you've got to like walk your bag over to the thing, lay it out a certain way, like use this luggage weighing machine and scan it in. Like when when you think like could um, the older generation get around that, you're like, oh, that yes. would be hard. But then you but then in 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 twelve months' time, it just became like, oh my god, I can't believe I don't I can't believe Qantas hasn't I can't believe international flights hasn't adjusted yes. yet. You know, it went from like domestic to international, and now if you see an international line, you're like that is yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's mental, yeah.
2: And
1: you're like, I can't believe I didn't check it mm. online. Like, I'm hating myself for not checking yeah. it online because I could have done that. So it's just any change takes mm. time. Um, But it doesn't take... I I think it doesn't take as much time as people think.
0: Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think... Um. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm old enough to remember when ATMs first started and you didn't have to go in the bank anymore and get money out of the bank. And...
1: That would have been revolutionary. Oh, it was incredible
0: because then you didn't have to go and get cash from somewhere over a counter and plan your day to be around ten and four when they were open, and um, <laughs> oh, it was just diabolical. And you know now, like if you if you can't even do a pay pass transaction and you have to put your card in, then you have to do a pin number. You're pissed off. Like it's just it's it's so interesting how things how quickly things change. Um, Humans yeah, are amazing. They can just adapt, like,
1: right? Humans are so mm. adaptable. Like, you're distraught mm. one week. And this is what we've seen with coronavirus, mm. right? Like, first week, industry was distraught. Like, every phone call yep. we were getting uh, was like anxiety at the maximum levels of anxiety mm-hmm. I've ever heard. That's like how I could, the best way to describe the first week, just like the most amount of uh, tension and distress and anxiety I've ever seen um with everyone and then like week three week four people are like oh this is like what we're gonna have mm. to deal with it's hard but um if it's going to be six months like what am yeah. I gonna do and what are my team gonna do what new opportunities can we chase um how creative can we be like how many new concepts have we tried can we try that we've never tr- had the time to try but now we can um so yeah humans mm. are amazing they Adaptable, and before you know it, you've like forgotten the old way.
0: I totally agree. Um, that's probably some somewhat of the scary thing around hospitality at the moment is that it could, if it, the longer it goes on, it could get even more fragmented and people sort of forget why, why they like certain hospitality venues. But it, it's going to be a very, very interesting time. Um, and I liked how you pivoted into COVID as well because. I was going to ask, like, obviously you just said there that, you know, people are sort of, almost, owners have gotten almost used to it over the last four months, uh, four weeks, sorry, that this has been sort of, it feels, it feels like, four like four years um, that this has been going on and, you know, and the result to the fact that, you know, venues might open somewhat, but we're going to have, we're going to have different rules of of um, people in our venues for the next six, I would say for sure. Um Obviously you're dealing with a lot of clients who um, are pretty pretty cool with change anyway because they've taken on your platform um, and they're pretty responsive like how are you how are you finding uh, why did you why did you guys decide to pivot obviously into into this um, delivery sort of yeah the takeaway, takeaway option now yeah,
1: um,
0: that must have that must have been a scary call for you guys to make because you've moved so quickly in the last twelve months.
1: Yeah. Um, I think when it happened, like, we didn't really stop to think, like, what, you know, like, is this, like, should we Mm. do this? Should we do this? I think there was just, there was just no question about the fact that we needed to do something differently. Um, I think that people are often, um, they place a high risk, like, value on what they Mm. don't know um but I think if you trust in yourself and you trust in your team then you and you trust that you'll figure it out there's not much of a high risk value on what you don't know versus what you do know um so I think there's like a perceived risk of the unknown Mm -hmm. a little bit and if if you're if you just put that behind you and you trust that you're going to figure it out then it's not super intimidating and not Mm -hmm. super scary um and I think that week just absolutely like it happened. I can I can remember it like we got a call on Thursday, mm-hmm. um, before the venues closed. So this was like there was like um, a week where it was clear something yes. was going to happen. Then there was mm. a weekend, there was a weekend that people's places yes. were open, but just it was slow, slow and crazy. And then and, the next yeah, week, was just a weird weekend. <laughs> yeah. And then I think by Tuesday, I think by Tuesday, 12 p.m., all the venues were closed. Yes. Something like that. Yeah. Um and on the Wednesday or Thursday before the weekend, um, we got a call from uh, ABC and they were like, yep, we are definitely going to be closing mm. next week. Um, so can we do delivery? Can we do takeaway? How can we convert the Misty on platform to continue servicing our customers? they lucky. They have like huge databases, yeah. right? Like they've invested in digital They have the best digital marketing, like, system in hospitality I've ever seen. Um, They have, like, like hundreds of, probably, like, tens of thousands of users on all these marketing lists. So they just had the best opportunity to figure out takeaway if they wanted to, because they had invested Mm -hmm. in marketing. Um, And then it became, like, well, what do we need to do? It's actually not that hard. Like, you just take an address, you add some notes we had to create a different like admin panel screen um and the guys like crushed it in like i don't know eight or nine days like like including the weekend i think they worked a weekend one weekend um and by the time the restaurants were closed we pretty much had a takeaway product that we rolled out (laughs) wow um so i yeah the like the 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 speed at which um I guess we made the decision to pivot was not really up to us. It was was more like Mm. holy, it was just like, Mm. Oh, this is happening. And this is going to be a long time. So wouldn't like, if we Mm. can, we're going to help. And if we can help, then what does it need to look like? Um, And we did an integration with drive yellow, which is a delivery management software within like a week. Um, And pretty much within like 10 days, we had this like integrated product into drive yellow and we were doing like Deliveries and yeah, and then it was, then it was like, we have a new yes, <laughs> Ta-da. <laughs> Ta-da, we have a whole new business and a whole new way of operating, um, or working from home or running a God. completely new business. Yeah, That's what just, we are now.
0: Just something different again for you, Kim. It's um, quite hilarious. Did you, did you, did you guys find it hard to yeah. get cut through in a market now where I feel like a lot of different brands have started? delivery applications or, um, you know, venue saying call us and we'll pick it up or we'll deliver to you in this time. Did you find, did you find it was hard for you guys to, to actually get the noise out about what you're doing?
1: Um, I think in the first week, like, we got, I don't know, like 200 applications wow. or something. Like, may, maybe maybe more. Like, I feel like because uh, we already had hundreds Clients of anyway. um, mm-hmm. visual mm-hmm. menu customers that already had like half of menu mm. ready to go. It was kind of an easy option to flip mm. them on to takeaway. Um and and also we had, you know, like databases and um but we didn't do much outreach. Like we we honestly did very little outreach in the early days because we are just like so swamped with people reaching out trying to um figure mm-hmm. out what they can do. Um there's definitely like like pickup delivery online stores is a Mm, fairly competitive Mm
2: -hmm.
1: market now is as Mm. you just mentioned like every pods company nearly has one that they're rolling out or have rolled out um there's you know three or four uh pretty good competitors in Mm -hmm. the market as well um but i i think i think you can't look at competitors too much and try to like build your business and what they're doing um we have a, we we've got a bit of a like you know we've we you've got to stay you got to like stay on your own path and um and find the customers that are most like mm. you guys right like you're not going you're not mm. going to get everyone mm-hmm. but that doesn't matter um and because we came from like a table ordering background i think there's some very exciting opportunities around becoming like the all-in-one ordering solution for when you do reopen, as well as continuing to do your takeaway yeah. and delivery, um, which I think venues are super excited about. So, and like, we've got this saying internally around like unlim- unlimited custom- <laughs> customer service. I
2: love it. Um,
1: and I think a lot of our competitors, um, I th- I just I just think it's not I think it's a very, uh, like we don't charge any onboarding fees. um We charge four and a half percent, which I'm pretty it's sure is the lowest was like in the, lowest in, yeah. the mm-hmm. lowest in the market. Not ma- not maybe it's by a lot. But like <laughs> by, I think it's mm. it's like mm. yeah, it's enough. And then actually, this is what happened. We started getting compared to Uber mm. Eats and Deliveroo, um, and then we just ran with it like. We, happy to be in ballpark be talked about the same them. sentence yeah. man you know what we were getting compared to them so much that we were like yeah, oh, let's just run cool. with it um and so we like i don't know if you've seen mm-hmm. our website but um it's got a bit of yeah, like a cheeky it. cool. like heading on it That is <laughs> <laughs> like a little we were like what can we what are what they gonna say let's oh, just go <laughs> so hard like it's just like go hard mm. without going too hard um, I actually got a letter from Deliveroo yesterday that was like, "Hey, can you like not do that? <laughs> <laughs> can you like yeah. not position yeah, yourself right. against okay. us?" Um, I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna post that letter on my LinkedIn. In Please, a few hours I would and happily happens.
0: share that, Kim. It's That's so hilarious. Funny.
1: It, mm. It's so funny. It's not like. Like, it's not very threatening. It's more like, hey, like, we see what mm. you're doing. Congrats on your success. And, like, by the way, can you not position us against your yeah, right. um Yeah, right. But our theory, like, and something that we're working on heaps, is the delivery model is not no. going anywhere. Con- consumers will want delivery. They've seen the light. They've mm-hmm. seen the laziness. It yep. is not going yep. anywhere. They've been conditioned now, um, so. They're- they've been conditioned mm-hmm. and even more mm-hmm. so now, right? So, um. The big delivery app, actually, like, a delivery, there isn't a delivery, a big, de- I don't know, there are hundreds, I don't want to say there isn't a delivery company, it sounds really dumb. But there isn't, like, a, you know, multi-billion dollar <laughs> delivery app in the world that is yes, profitable. Correct. Yep. Mm. So... There's a lot of pressure, and there has been a lot of pressure on them for the last 18 Mm -hmm. to 24 months around turning a profit. That's
0: what I I said to one of my friends Um, like the other week. I said they're not going to put their percentage down because this is their actual time to make money.
1: They Mm. can't. They can't. Like those petitions. We had like friends, like like close friends, founder friends. They were like, yeah, they're going to drop their rates. Like you guys shouldn't compete with them. And I'm like, well, a, we didn't Mm -hmm. like choose to compete with them. We're just getting compared, Mm -hmm. so we're going to like run with it. But b um, they can't mm. put their rights down, like their rides business. Like yep. thinking about Uber, like probably differentiated mm-hmm. to Deliveroo, their rides business is yes. completely yeah, screwed. So they are like they are like mm-hmm. dependent on eight to yep. prop up their revenue, and um, if they drop their percentage by an insignificant amount, it's not going to do anything no. for their no. brand. They need to- they can 't even they can 't even drop no. it by ten percent like ten percent would be ten percent of their revenue they 're giving up but it 's insignificant to the p r and the media storm that will mm. come from ten percent like fifty percent is the minimum that you can do to make a difference on your brand so they and they can 't afford that um, and they can 't afford that not because they can't it's not they can 't afford that not because it 's not like a profitable not because they don't want to give up their profit, but they can't afford that because their cost based yeah, is it's higher a, than it's that. it's a
0: really, it's a super odd situation. I had a, I had a um, podcast that just launched um, uh, in the last uh, in the last week. Uh, with my friend Chloe, and we talked about her her experience in Sydney, where Uber and Deliveroo were promoting that they were supporting restaurants. And the fact that, and it was free delivery, and and customers getting surprised. Sorry, getting thinking that meant that the restaurants were getting more of a kickback, which they weren't. Um, and they were sharing that on social media as if they were like doing something good for the industry, like that's how it was pitched. Um, and so it's 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 quite interesting where delivery companies and delivery as a platform is actually going to go, because obviously you guys are. Um, partnering with Drive Yellow and Drive and and Yellow is like probably the the only ethical ride partner which I've seen in the marketplace in the way they treat their, their drivers and riders and how much they pay, um, and making sure they get a um, a consistent amount of money per hour and stuff like that, which is really cool. So, um, I just I just wonder where it's all gonna end up. <laughs> I
1: we've been spending like a lot of time thinking about that problem because the Mm. problem isn't going to go away um and you know we like to call like we internally we like like to make big calls and just like (laughs) see what happens in industries right like adrian made a big call about two years like five years ago that like snapchat would bring out like like um those glasses that they brought out Mm -hmm. wearables he called it like probably 12 months before they did that. Um, He called that they would change. So we think like Maps, Google Maps is going to get rebranded into places. Um, So Maps will become a product, like a discovery product, not a map product. It's not a product for you to go and see how you're going to get from A to B. It's to discover Mm. things around you. So like, and they've already done one step of that, which is they change the icon from like a map to like a uh, yeah, like yeah, Bubble yeah, thing, yeah. you know, that yep. like thing. And so they've changed that, right? So it's now, it's not wow. enough anymore. It's now places. Um, mm. They haven't rebranded yeah. it to places, but I think that's the next step. Um, so we make these like big dramatic calls internally, challenge <laughs> ourselves to predict the future. Um, but delivery is, I, I don't think Uber Eats, Deliveroo, Grab, like, I don't think those companies. Um, are going to be alive doing delivery in mm. exactly the same format mm. that they're doing today. Grab is Grab is really different. So mm-hmm. Grab in Southeast Asia has defended their business by becoming essentially a central oh, digital wallet. Right. Yeah, I've heard about
0: this. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. So they have like Grab Pay, which means like people load up their Grab account mm-hmm. with with money, um, and you can get discounts by riding, by eating, by shopping, by... It's essentially becoming, like, a WeChat. Yeah, right. okay. um, So they they are a little bit different because they've got a fairly defendable model in that, and, like, Eats becoming just one part of that is mm. defendable. Um, but Deliveroo and, like, the Uber Eats business, as they currently operate, the cost base is really high, and what you'll see happen as they strive for profitability um and they like essentially when they first started it was pretty low cost low cost for the consumer win market share um you know just Mm -hmm. just just market Mm -hmm. share right a game of market share um and heavily subsidized by Mm
2: -hmm.
1: investors um and now they're like oh shit we need to turn a profit otherwise our whole industry starts because no one can turn a profit so like something's wrong like the unit economics don't work um, so they will continue to pass the cost onto the restaurant. They will continue mm-hmm. to pass the cost onto the consumer. And then one day the consumers will wake up and realize they're paying a shitload more for delivery apps.
0: versus. Yeah. I'm very not. curious where that tipping point's going to be, um, because the delivery apps tried yeah. for a long time to not allow venues to increase their price from what was in store. And now yeah. uh, they do it in oh, all sorts of ways. Sean,
1: you would know that. They just call it something mm-hmm. they just call the product something different. They go like, oh, this is like
0: a large version. Or yeah, well, they just large, fake a menu like photo or something like that. Like, like they just um, Yeah, it's it's um yeah. it's, it's it's quite it's quite scary, right? It's quite scary. Yeah. No, but of they have to, they, they, do. they,
1: they don't have a choice because yeah. the model isn't sustainable. So I think the challenge for our industry and this is a challenge for every like everyone should be thinking about this like how do we what is the sustainable how do we Mm. create a sustainable delivery model i don't know like you know we got into this because coronavirus Mm. this wasn't really our path like we Mm. had no plans to take away we had no plans to do delivery um whether we will continue to do to make a big push into that or not see what happens now
0: right i guess you know Mm. Mm -hmm.
1: see, see what happens right but if we can't find something sustainable, like we're not going to do, mm, we're not going to become mm-hmm. the next Uber Eats. Like you don't want to yeah, create totally. a new problem for the industry. Um, so I think, I think restaurants now are like most of mm-hmm. our restaurants are doing deliveries themselves, keeping their staff employed, keeping them in jobs. It's um, really cool. And that's mm. exciting. Like that's exciting. Like if they, if their managers can't be front of house managers mm. for the next six months, then um they're doing deliveries they're yeah. still meeting their customers like you yeah know, with with distance but you can still see them mm-hmm. you can still wait to them you can still say hi um and they're just yeah. meeting them it's at their homes closing. now so mm. i think yeah yeah and so it doesn't i think the model now is the challenge for restaurateurs now is how do you use this opportunity to take control of your customers back
2: mm-hmm.
1: away mm-hmm. from those Delivery apps. How do you try? How do you try and every time someone orders and delivers a delivery, how do you try and get mm-hmm. them to order directly from you next time? Um, you know, use a platform like Yum. doesn't have to be Yum. or they can even call you, or they can DM mm-hmm. you, they can WhatsApp you. I don't like it, doesn't matter. Um, and find a way to yeah, build totally. that relationship back with them again. And when you mm-hmm. reopen, that customer is yours, not an overreach, many log delivery customer. Um, and hopefully when you reopen, if they can't come into your restaurant, mm. they can still order direct from you. So I think it's a really good opportunity and like people never used to have the time to do deliveries, right? Like they've never had the time to try and see if they yeah, can make a delivery now model. work. they've got nothing but
0: time and they can, they can really see if it, um, if it can work and the operations around it and, and, and all that kind of stuff. It's a, um, it's a very, it's a very exciting time, you know?
1: and they're yeah. doing it and they're doing it well like they do like we've got um yeah it's just exciting like hey, there's lots of venues that are doing deliveries themselves for the first time and sometimes they'll mess it up like we get messages like hey like i ordered an mm. hour ago and i haven't heard back um and but then you know the ironic thing is customers yeah. are so chill right now like we we call the venue and <laughs> they're like oh my god give that person mm-hmm. a refund like we totally fucked up um and Mm -hmm. the person's like this happened to us last night and the person was like no i don't want a refund like it's just please give me the food (laughs) she's like i just wanted to know if i could start cooking because i was getting a bit hungry
0: Oh, i love it we were like
1: fair enough like fair enough you know um and she was like no 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 like i don't i I, i'm happy to pay for it to know if it was gonna show up (laughs) so Mm. it's amazing at the moment. Like the and i and and, and the cra- like mm. the the craziest thing is that that would have mm-hmm. never happened on uber eats delivery room. they would have yeah, hit the refund absolutely. button and not yeah. even thought yeah. about it because the relationship mm. isn't with the venue and customers don't realize that when you hit the yeah, refund button yeah that's exactly right the restaurant paying for it again mm. they they think they're like oh my god how good is it that you can just like get yep. anything refunded on uber eats yep. It's amazing
0: no, the venue pays for it. It's like, they don't it. pay yeah. for that. The
1: restaurant pays for that.
0: Yeah. And they I've, pay
1: for all of that.
0: I've seen that firsthand. It's and insane. It's just, you know, it's, um, yeah, like franchises I've worked for before and having two or $3,000 worth of um orders a week and then there's always like two $300 of things they have to try and get back from the other delivery platforms every Monday when they get their feed out. Like, it's just, it's just a... It's just, like so, they'll they'll get a feed. What out do of you mean? Sales, like they, and then they'll show all their refunds that were were processed yeah. by a customer that they allowed to go through, and then they will have a conversation with Uber Delivery, whoever, to say, hey, no, that that order was right. That person's taking the Mickey or whatever, and um and try and get that money back so they don't have to pay for it. Essentially, out of what they uh, what they would earn every week. So, yeah, it's a, it's like a fight every Monday. Like, yeah, it's 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 um yeah. it's quite it's quite sad very sad um so i was going to ask you like i know that obviously we're talking about a business which is just over 12 months old you've moved it you know so quickly into different you know different different um, regions that you probably weren't thinking 12 months ago like is there anything <laughs> else you guys are planning at the moment or are you just sort of holding and and just waiting because you seem to get over you seem to execute very quickly and then just be able to go oh okay we've we'll got go right lots with that of things. for now like
1: yeah we've got of does it of things mean you're gonna think of something else mm. um it's a great time to try new things mm. because people like customers are willing to mm. um experiment with you because they're not doing anything else so we've got a lot of concepts True. that we're yeah. um experimenting with like i I can't really, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know which one will stick. Um, Same thing. <laughs> but yeah, we, We're excited yeah. about, um, we're not excited about like restaurants closing or the hurt, the hurt in the industry. Um, mm. But I, I do think that mm-hmm. this was coming anyway, in a lot of ways and it just like, happened faster than what anyone would have expected. Um, And I think that the restaurants and the cafes Mm -hmm. and the pubs and the bars that emerge out of this will be far more defendable than they were before this. Because, like, they will have figured out other revenue streams. They'll have created retail products that they can sell. They will have bottled their best sources Mm -hmm. so that they um, can sell them in the restaurant. Like, they will have created all of these revenue streams that they didn't have before that now become... Mm -hmm. Um, you know, twenty, thirty, forty, fifty percent of their their total revenue that they were completely reliant yeah. on dining.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. And they can they can test things in real time to see if all those ideas they've had for three or four years that they've never had time or energy or money to um, to actually execute, they can try it now and know that. If it doesn't work now, it's probably not going to work. <laughs> so it's actually a really good testing ground for new ideas. Yeah, which, and
1: customers yeah, are so like. Just
0: said, which really like, cool.
1: So so chill about it. Like we're doing. Um, I've got a friend who runs mm. a mushroom protein company called Fable. Um, give them a little plug. They nice. They are. Mm-hmm. Um, they're actually like. Yeah. This and <laughs> is right behind them. Uh, the Fat Duck uses it in wow. um, in the UK. They and they're they're organising mm-hmm. Australia's Big Night In, and they've got like a I don't know twenty mm. musicians lined up in this thing like Tash Lutana, Julie Stone, like Hot Dub um, Flight Facility. It's wow. just like these great artists. Um, the events and music industry is just as mm-hmm. like if not more crushed to be honest than um, then hospitality like mm-hmm. we have uh adrian my partner he is um he has a music company called rogue and um music music was
2: mm-hmm.
1: super like messed up by napster and digitization of cds um and then the, the industry yeah, was completely reliant absolutely. on gigs and performing and now they can't do that mm-hmm so mm-hmm. the the music industry is actually in a far yeah. worse place than the hospitality like the food and beverage industry um and musicians yeah. like aren't yeah. very good t- like traditionally not very good at like saving their money right so like they were completely dependent on like cash flow and and gigs and a lot of them didn't make that much money anyway mm.
0: um
1: and they're putting this kind of mm. like australia's big night in together there's going to be like a lineup of all these awesome oh, musicians cool. they've got restaurants in each city um doing like like packages Mm -hmm. they'll sell the the tickets like the the music tickets with the (laughs) food tickets and like yeah and um so we're gonna such a cool idea do some of their online ordering stuff but like when would that ever have Mm happened like a bunch of random different Mm -hmm. artists and random different brands decide to do this thing together and pull it off in two weeks like never Never. Like, who's got time for that? It's unbelievable, right? I mean, like, not that we have a lot of time, but like, there's just a lot of excitement to try stuff at the moment.
0: Yeah. Just see if it, you know, see if it works. And if it, you know, even when everything does become somewhat normal, whatever normal is, then if that's five or 10% of people's revenue moving forward, then absolutely. I think
1: people, I think restaurateurs discovering um, e commerce is the, the best thing to have happened out mm. of all of this because it just means like mm. scale it means you can mm-hmm. sell your products like anywhere like if you have this awesome pasta that you make or if you've got this awesome like cook at home dish that you like why do you why are you limited to like the 5k radius around you so like e-commerce mm. just allows yeah, them to totally agree s- deliver or sell that anywhere in a city or in a country, if they if it travels, and that is like a an opportunity that you know little independent stores were given through Shopify and eBay, but I think mm-hmm. Gutenberg hasn't had that um, retail wave, and I think now they will. Yeah,
0: yeah, most definitely. Last um, last question before I let you go, and I appreciate you spending some time this afternoon. Is one thing I've noticed. Uh, with yourself and Adrian, since um, I met you guys early last year, was just the positivity that you guys consistently have, and it's and it's not positivity or having to dig at other people. Like it's just positivity for positivity' state, a sake. And I know I know your catch cry is you know how's my hand change you Can't do that at the moment. <laughs> and I've still oh no, <laughs> I've never had. Um, I've never had a situation in office where every single person in the office has actually wanted to hug me before I leave. And, um, and I'll never forget that. And, and it's just like, I've just always wondered since that moment, like how do you guys remain so positive in a space in startup culture, which can be, um, quite challenging. And, um, you know, it's hard to get new ideas out. It's hard to get things to market. You know, how do you guys remain <laughs> not... positive all the time? Well,
1: so? I'm definitely not positive all the time. Um, I think, like, <laughs> yeah, I think that would be, okay. we all get our, we all have our moment. Um, having each other mm. is like a huge, um, like you need people around. Like I feel like it's weird. It's, it's, it's a, you know what team dynamics are weird. I feel like if someone else isn't there 110%, mm-hmm. you feel like you can't be down. Isn't that weird? Like, if someone isn't, you know, maybe having the best day or they just had a really hard conversation, mm. like, it doesn't feel mm-hmm. your natural reaction isn't to um, mirror their like feelings. It's like your, your reaction. Yeah, yeah. So you just like, yeah. take you responsibility bring for mm. um, mm-hmm. not letting the small things mm. get in the way of reminding yourself that you're overall doing a pretty good job. Um, I also think like you just do things that you that allow you to sleep at night right like I think we um, Mm. have a really like a really awesome team that just always have like they're just like incredibly conscious humans that um, will represent our brand like exactly the way we would have wanted our brand to be represented on every phone call and every email and every text message. And that takes a lot of weight mm. off your shoulders. Like HR problems for founders yeah, is the totally. biggest problem and hardest problem to solve by far. Um, and now remotely, like you have no mm-hmm. idea. I have no idea what our team is saying on the phone to like all of these restaurants and stuff, you know, like you can't hear them. You, you don't know what they're saying. Yeah. You don't know, like you, you have no idea, but you have to, trust that they yeah you have to trust that there's, trust there's no reason mm. they wouldn't be like saying what you would want them to say or that like if they don't know something they're going to find out and they're going to get back to them really quickly like I think um maybe just like figuring out I think what we've done around positivity is like that, try and remind ourselves that we're actually Trying to help, and that there's positive stories um, everywhere. And if you stay close to your customer, like it's very, very motivating. It's not hard to be. Um, it's not hard to be lifted up by, like, by other people's um, stories, right? Like you can. Yeah, we've actually got. Yeah, We're totally actually agree. just mm-hmm. wrapping up now, and uh, like amazing like video that our um, talented content. Guy has put together like people try and he posts like mm-hmm. a video on LinkedIn, people try and poach him. I'm like, Can you not? I'm like, Can you? I'm yeah, like, his stuff's really good. Not, I, was you... you... <laughs> and... I was very excited
0: when you, <laughs> I was almost thinking of poaching him. I was like, didn't even have no. any money to pay him. So I was like, like, You I was are like, oh, so off. Cool. <laughs> You're not having.
1: It. I actually like caught, um, <laughs> some guy with yeah, there was like a LinkedIn person was like trying to poach him. And then I think he tagged he 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 made a comment. He was like, "Mama Bear's not happy." And then like, and then like, tag, <laughs> tagged me in it. Um, and I was like, "Yeah, nah, nah, just uh, nah, it's not happening." Um, but yeah, he he he's put together like a thank you for supporting local video, and it's about four or five minutes. Um, yeah, nice. He filmed I think like six or seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, restauranteurs and cafe owners around melbourne and it is the best and it, it's like it's cool. like it's yeah i'll share it with you i think it'll be done hopefully today we've seen a few versions of it but Amazing. yeah also like investing in it. fun things like that you know like have some fun while mm, you're
0: of course
1: building your business like you have to invest in some things that you think are a bit silly and a bit dumb but like maybe they'll get you somewhere
0: Mm. Well, it's a good idea to energize your team as well as the industry that you guys are supporting. So it's an all round win. Um, so that's a really cool thing. Um, Kim, what is the best way that people can find out about Mr. Young? Um, and what probably the best doing?
1: way is to jump on our website to mryum.com. If you're um, a venue and you want to do some kind of online ordering, um, you can reach out to us on there. It's like a one-minute application form. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to reach out to me personally, cool. it's Kim at MrYum dot com.
0: Super easy. I'll put that in the link of the bio as always. Kim, see you, Mr. Yum. amazing to have you. Thanks. Thank Sean. you so much for your time. Cool. Oh,
2: thanks, minutes. buddy. Seven minutes. My God, Appreciate I was like, talk.